You. Are you? Yes. Okay. I don't want to say. So, uh, we're recording? What? I don't... What, what are you doing with your hands? I don't I don't know what to do with my hands. <laughs> Put them on your lap. Do you lap. know how to walk? Do you know how to walk? I've forgotten. Chris, put your hands down. Jesus. Jesus Christ. All right, you guys ready? Yeah, we've been ready. We've been ready. I've asked you three times and you ignored I me. No, that's the second time. I said I've been ready. Yes, I asked I you two other ready. times. No, that was the second time. And you guys time. weren't listening. No, obviously I we know you because did. you were. I said I've been ready. Oh my I was god, ready! Yes, I asked you three times before that. Yeah. Hey I've everybody! Been ready. Hey everybody! It's Austin. I've been ready. Oh my god, John, stop! <laughs> okay. Now we're starting. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Unqualified Authorities. Our degrees are valid, just not in this timeline. Hey everybody, it's Austin. Chris here. John. And Joseph. Uh, what are we talking about today, John? Today we are reviewing Over the Garden Wall. T- tell me more about that. The series follows two brothers, Wirt and Greg, who become lost in a strange forest called the Unknown. To find their way home, the two must travel across the seemingly supernatural forest with the occasional help of the wandering, mysterious, and elderly woodsman, and Beatrice, an irritable... Blue Jay, who travels with the boys to find a woman named Adelaide. Yep. Yep. That's the, the gist of the story right there. All right. Yeah. Good episode, guys. Oh, mostly, anyways. So, yeah. Let's, I guess let's start with like an overview um, of what everybody thought of the show as a whole. I, I mean, I guess I'll start. Uh, not going to be a very positive overview. Like, I don't... I thought I thought the story was good. Um... But it was way too much, like, it reminded me too much of uh, Flapjack and um, Adventure Time and stuff like that. And recently found out that the creator of this worked on those too. Um, that's why it seems so familiar. I'm not a fan of that just weird, uh, one, I'm not a fan of the art. Two, I'm not a fan of the, just like the weirdness uh, aspect of it. Um, but of all of those, like, stylized um, I'm air quoting here. Uh, all of those stylized kinds of cartoons in this kind of vein, this kind of genre of cartoon, uh, this is definitely like the better of them. So, um, as a whole, I thought it was just meh. But I tried. Chris? Uh, I thought it was okay overall. Uh, the first time I was watching through it, I had no idea what was going on, and I completely lost track of what I was trying to pay attention to. Uh, I did not take any notes for this because uh, I didn't know what I was taking notes on. And then uh, I finished the series and uh, went back and had to watch it again because I didn't remember what I was doing. So I really like the series. Uh, but then again, I'm also a huge fan of Adventure Time. And I remember watching Marvel's Misadventures of Flapjack, but it wasn't something that I you know, really enjoyed. But I found that... Even though, if you were to come up to me just any time and to ask me about the series, I probably couldn't tell you much about it. I still really enjoyed it, just due to the nature of how it was. Uh, when it comes to the animation style, what you had kind of mentioned, Austin, I like I don't watch a lot of like Studio Ghibli movies, 
but it made me think of like they were trying to do like an American homage to that almost with some of the animations like some of the character designs they had for it like especially for Auntie Whispers she looked very Ghibli to me mm-hmm. so but that that was I really liked it and it's also it's really short so you can sit down watch it over the course of you know an hour maybe no two hours and see the whole thing I liked it I liked the darker undertones to everything um it's twists were pretty predictable at certain points, um, but going to the animation that John was talking about, there are points that are very Studio Ghibli. Um, there's also points that hark back to like the early 1920s, 40s animations, um, especially like the Highwayman song. Yeah, that is almost a one for one um, from like the old Betty Boops. Uh, there's a certain artist that did a dance back then that they just rotoscoped over. Um, that's how they got that really fluid, weird, wonky mm-hmm. movement. I do agree that it can be a little bit convoluted. I think the breaks in the episode actually serve to confuse the plot more than help it. It would work much better as just a straight, all the way through, maybe an hour and a half long movie. But I understand that they did this as a mini series to be released in chunks. Two so. episodes at a time, because it was released over five days. Mm-hmm. So... I, I going back a little bit to the the old style animation where they um when um uh Greg was in the cloud city mm-hmm. yeah that was cool like I, it reminded me of the old style cartoons um and then that newer video game that's in the old style Cuphead, Cuphead yeah. yeah very mel- merry melodies and uh God, I can't remember the other big cartoon back then but yeah yeah Felix the Cat Betty Boop yeah that kind of stuff and the music. For this series was phenomenal. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. it was good music. Um, Who knew frogs could sing so beautifully? <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, all right, so that, that's kind of our, our each individual overview, kind of whole opinion of it. Let's uh, we should dive a little bit more into the specifics. Um, I already mentioned music, so I think we could probably start with that. Um, I thought both the the singing, the actual songs in all the episodes, um, the background music, the theme song for every episode, which I think was the same for every episode. I don't think it changed. Maybe. Um, that was amazing. That was phenomenal. And that definitely added to the atmosphere of, uh, it was very creepy for mm-hmm. the most part, but then they'd have the silly songs, um, like the Gregory's. Adelaide Parade. and yeah, uh, Gregory songs. Yeah, Greg songs. And uh, what was the one with the potatoes? Molasses and potatoes. Molasses and potatoes. I believe it was potatoes and molasses. Oh, it was potatoes and molasses. Uh, but those that those served to break it up and make it not too dark. And I thought they were really, really well-timed. For me, it kind of served the opposite point. Because it shows how innocent Greg is compared to what everything else is going on around him. And that kind of just makes you worry more for the character throughout the series. You know he's going to get taken advantage of at some point. You're mm-hmm. just not sure when. Although... Yep. Speaking of that, something that I kind of just put together, we never hear the Beast do his singing until the episode that Greg is going to go over to the Beast to save his brother. That's the episode where we start hearing the Beast actually singing. I think singing. he sings earlier. I don't know. I don't I don't recall it. Uh, but like he was very prominent in that episode right. that we hear him singing. And then after that, we hear him singing fairly consistently. I believe the first time I remember it is... Uh... When Beatrice goes off on her own, 
and she sees the woodsman, and just before then you hear the singing. Mm-hmm. And I know it's supposed to be the woodsman and the beast there, but she thinks it's just the woodsman. Mm. Right. <clears throat> That's when they were in the tavern. Yep. Yeah. Or whatever. So that way it was earlier that he he was singing. Okay. Um, I thought the, um, yeah, the music the singing was awesome, um, and I think yeah they probably did it on purpose to make Greg seem innocent and you Naive. feel yeah and you feel that much worse for him when he's I don't think he's betrayed by uh, Wirt, but he's definitely kind of uh, abandoned by him a bit mm-hmm. to a point yeah yeah and like that's it was I almost cried like the story. I have no problem with the story. The story is amazing. It's primarily the animation and the, you know, the inspiration from the um, Ad- Adventure Time and um, Flapjack that I just really didn't gel with. But everything else was pretty phenomenal. Um, what do you think of the music, Chris? Music was good. All right, thanks, Chris. Give me some uh, <laughs> some real flashbacks to childhood, the old timey cartoons and stuff. The uh... right, because you were born in the twenties. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. back back when all this stuff was fresh. Yeah, it was still, you know, the ink was still wet on the the cartoons. It was it was jamming. <laughs> the ink was wet on the cartoons. <laughs> back when Chris had to pay a good hay penny to stand in front of the rotoscope and watch the cartoons go by once. Yes. That was a it was a nickel. If no, if only I had a shiny nickel or a hay penny. You, you spent a nickel on the Nickelodeon and you were able to watch <laughs> cartoons in it. Reminiscent of what it's apparently called the Golden Age of American Animation, ah. which is when uh, Disney, Merry Melodies, and MGM were yeah, the main MGM. ones. Yeah, I do. I do like older cartoons. Yeah, like there's there's something soothing about them. Watching like the older Tom and Jerry's and um, Felix the Cat, even though Felix the Cat was a little bit more adult, and Bugs Bunny, that kind of stuff. I still like rotoscoping when it was used in that level like when it got to the 70s and they started using it for like the lord of the rings that got a little weird and wonky <laughs> but when they accentuated and over dramatized the movements mm-hmm. like i was saying with the uh the high women song yeah that looks really good to me yeah um we want to move on from music uh sure. i think next next probably best spot is the voice acting uh, yeah, we can go on voice acting. Because, I mean, oh. just the fact that this uh, series had a, a fairly good cast of characters that are voiced by people that almost anybody is familiar with. Right. I mean, just the fact that Elijah Wood voices uh, Wirt. Wirt, and then we get, you know, Christopher Lloyd doing the the woodsman. Right. That those two alone, just going through the entire series, just uh, worked. Oh my God, that's who did the voice of the woodsman. <laughs> uh, John John Cleese. Yep. Uh, who did he play? What was the guy? The Adelaide no. and Endercott. Quincy yep. Endercott. Yeah. yeah, he played Adelaide and Endercott. Yeah. Um, I gotta come back to Endercott. I have a big big thing about him. Uh, Tim Curry was Auntie Whispers. Mm-hmm. Yep. Creepy. That was like legitimate. Like I think if my kids were watching, they probably would have had nightmares from that episode. That's probably the creepiest episode. Definitely I don't up there. Disagree. Um, but yeah, Tim Curry, um, the kid that plays Greg. I know I've heard him in other things. Uh, I don't think he's a very famous voice actor, but it was they actually had a kid playing his voice. Colin Dean. Yeah, he was. He's pretty young. Um, at least when they were doing this. Because I think this was a couple years ago, wasn't it? 2014? 2014. Yeah. So he's obviously older now. Uh, we're in 2021 at this point. 
But yeah, no, he, uh, I've heard his voice in other things since then, so I'm just not sure what. Um, I forgot who voices uh, the singing frog. Jack Jones. Yeah, Jack Jones is a famous uh, singer. And, and then the guy who did the Beast, uh, Samuel Raymond, that's what I was looking up. Because mm-hmm. uh, the name sounds familiar. He's just a really big opera singer. Yeah, so he was phenomenal. Oh, like, yeah. His the beast. That's probably my favorite character in the whole thing. But I, we'll get to that in a minute. Um, but yeah, voice acting phenomenal, hands down. Probably one of the best um, voice acted cartoons I've ever seen. Um, I really wish there was more of it because I'd, I'd get over the my my aversion to that style of animation to watch more of this show. Would you think it'd be more of uh, Wharton Greg, or would it be different people going through the unknown? I would watch more different people, even if it was, uh, it'd be cool to have like other characters that we met in the uh, real life episode where, um, well, I'm not the real life, but the outside the unknown the, episode. The true timeline, yeah. not the unknown. Yeah. <clears throat> you mean um, like Jason Funderburger? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and the girl he was in love with. Um, that would be cool um, to have them go through that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, voice acting phenomenal. Yeah, I know I was mentioning to you, Chris, earlier today about how going through it and until we get to episode nine where we see, you know, that's all taking place in relatively modern times. Uh, just the fact that they're going through all this stuff and naming the frog and they're referencing all of these things that are, you know, super modern, but they're wearing all these like old school, right, like early 1900s era clothing. It took me a long time to get over the fact that... Uh... Uh, Greg was wearing a teapot for a hat. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just never addressed it. You didn't realize it was a teapot? No. No, I knew it was a teapot, but I was trying to figure out why the heck is he wearing this on his head? Right. He's an elephant. The time they actually come from is much debated online, I believe. If you look at everything around, it looks like it's the 70s. Because, I mean, he's giving her a mixtape off of a actual audio tape. Right. Yeah. Um, Although she does say she doesn't own a tape player. Yeah, that's why a lot of people would, like, that wasn't really, well, I guess it could have been the 60s then. I mean, it could have even been potentially later, and he's just using older technology that he has access to. True, but everything else around there looks like it's either, you know, 60s or 70s. Like, I would think, like, 80s. I mean, even look at the, the, it's supposed to be Halloween, and they have these homemade sort of costumes. Today, or even the 80s or 90s, you would have gotten a, you know, a Target brand Spider-Man costume or something. No one's wearing something that looks like it was store bought. I mean, right. it did look like it was a smaller town, though. Still, well, well so. there was it was big enough to have a big football field and all that stuff. Small a towns huge have grave. big football fields all the huge time. Huge graveyard, yeah, yeah. No, that was it was. Uh, I'm I'm not sure. I I would say like looking at it just through the lens of my own childhood, it kind of looked like the '90s where I grew up. So, but you know, we're in the middle of uh, a state where that is uh, very late in technology and stuff no it's not not anymore but it was it's what people think right they think we ride horses to school yeah (laughs) or if we have electricity we do we don't what are you talking about we're recording this with five hamsters running on a wheel to power austin's laptop a single wheel a single wheel five hamsters there's one that's getting kind of old and he just goes around and around as the other ones run (laughs) it keeps this centrifugal force going when i want to stop true true um, old reliable. Yep, old reliable. <laughs> what do you guys think about 
the unknown being purgatory. So there, what, what I'll, I guess I'll start that off with. Um, there is a fan theory that it is purgatory, and the creator came back and says the idea of the unknown is whatever you think it is, like whatever fits your internal narrative, your head canon, essentially. Um, I I specifically think it's purgatory, um, or a form of in between because um, watching the behind the scenes stuff, the featurettes, um, the unknown used to be called the in between. So there's kind of that. And then when they're in the graveyard, he's hiding behind a gravestone that says Epcot on it. Um, I don't know if any of you guys caught I that. I did not. Yeah. Um, so that's why I think it's probably a purgatory sort of area. So Quincy Endicott. Yes. It was on the it was on the gravestone when he was hiding from that girl he liked. So uh, what do you guys think about that? I mean, it kind of makes sense. Like in terms of my own interpretation, it would work, but I just like it kind of as its own little thing. Just the mind came up with what the mind came up with for its own reasoning for whatever reason. It was just fun. But they seem to share the same thing. Yeah, they shared a memory of it. I mean, who knows what exactly goes on when you're underwater? Scientists, scientists usually know. Suffocating. <laughs> fish know. Fish know exactly what's happened to you underwater. Uh, yeah, fish pee in there. I uh, I thought they were dead at one point, like legit dead, because I thought they got they were going to get hit by the train. I'm like, oh my god, they're dead. And then they jumped out of the way. I'm like, oh okay. What do you think? I agree with you. I thought they were they were dead, and that showed them still being alive. You know, uh, while specifically Wart forcing his way. Um, to the surface and right. it kind of harkens back to one of the opening scenes for the very first episode you get kind of a flash of some kind of watery background and then it cuts to black and goes into the actual episode yeah, yeah. it's um like what the very first scene kind of shows a uh, the all the the prequel to all the characters they meet like you see beatrice standing there in a uh, what was it a blue jay flies by <laughs> and she throws a rock at it and then that's how she gets cursed um, you see the woodsman with his daughter at one point. Um, and then at the very end, um, they kind of bring a ra- bring it back around to all of those scenes to show everybody happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but they're all still stuck in the unknown. They None of them left. Only Wirt and Greg, are the, they're the only ones that are, in at least in canon, left the unknown. So mm-hmm. that's why I think it's uh, in between. So those people that are in there are probably already dead. Um, or far enough into, like, down the, the river, I guess. Um, that they just can't get back. They, that they can't get back. Or they're happy there. Or they don't remember real life. Maybe the longer they were there, the less they remember. And that it does kind of go to explain that very first scene with uh, Wart and Greg, where, you know, Greg's trying to name the frog, and then Wart realizes they're walking through a forest. How did we get here? What are we doing here? Right. And then they just don't address it again. Mm-hmm. Like they just have to come to an acceptance of this is where they are. Right. And then when they're done with their journey, um, wh- whatever that is, um, they just reappear in the river or I think it was a pond or something um, that they fell into at the end of uh, episode nine. Um, but yeah, I'm definitely on the purgatory bus for this one. I can see it. Yeah. <clears throat> One of the things I thought was going to play a little more into the whole thing, because it looked to be so prominent in the first episode, was the presence of turtles in pretty much every episode. 
Yeah, like, I, I thought, thought the turtles were going to play a bigger role in it with how much they were shown, especially at the fact that they, you know, caused the the beast air quotes, uh, wolf dog transformation at the beginning, and it was just this little turtle, and then we keep seeing them pop up throughout every single episode. Do you think um, the girl that had the the demon inside of her? Do you think like that that was one of the turtles? Because they had a whole basket of turtles. A basket of turtles. I mean, why? Why would they have a whole basket of turtles? I don't know. I mean, who knows why somebody would have a whole basket full of turtles in their house? To make soup. If I've learned anything, it's to sell them on the black market. Yeah. Well, I mean, mm. Auntie Whispers did eat a whole turtle out of its shell. Yeah, she did. <laughs> and she didn't go evil or anything. No, but she doesn't exactly look human. She also has black teeth. Right. She's also not good. And those turtles yeah. are well, black. Well, I mean, she's not bad. Yeah. She was. She was, she was neutral. She's dealing with the demon and the girl the right. best way she can. Yeah. Right. I thought, even though that was like one of the better episodes, I think mm-hmm. it was still very predictable. I'm like, yeah. I don't think she's the one that eats people. I think it's the girl, and I think she's probably cursed. Yeah. And it was just simple enough, like our game that we did today. Just say, I want you out. <laughs> and boom, you're done. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was kind of silly that Auntie Whispers didn't, think of that already when she well, she's eating turtles what do you expect i mean i guess or maybe <laughs> maybe maybe there's an ulterior motive maybe she wanted her enslaved maybe indentured she was cleaning the house right but even after she lost the spirit she still went back to her, uh, her aunt because she was family at that point basically family basically family she still did her point. best to care yeah right um what were some other highlights the the frog boat the frog boat was excellent yeah, yeah. again the music yep mm-hmm uh, what was another uh, another call? All right, let's. I mean, we're gonna get around to it eventually. Joe, the horse. God, I hated the horse. <laughs> Look, there's not much I hate about this show. Right. But that horse was just obnoxious sounding, and I don't know something about his face. Just I, I really hated the horse. I don't know why. He uh, he was gone like an episode later, so I don't really yeah. understand the Next purpose. <laughs> The purpose of them. I mean, I think he was just there just to get another voice in there. I guess. Like, I feel like if you would have taken him out, it still would have been fine. I mean, I still did just love the line when they're inside the the estate. Like, what do you think we should do? We should steal. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) He's a talking horse. He can do whatever he wants. I want to steal something. (laughs) Yeah, it was great. Like, just that one line was fantastic. That was was good. It was was good, but at the same time, it's just... Uh, it, it could have been, you know, Greg saying that. Greg would never do that. He stole a rock. What? Yeah, but that's why he'd never do it in the unknown. He did steal a rock. Yeah. And rock, facts. rock facts. Rock, rock facts were amazing. Rock facts it. are a lie. I love I love fun facts. You're just mad facts. because it proves that dinosaurs had big ears. No, he said specifically that <laughs> rock facts are lies. He uh, mentions in one of the later episodes, like, this is a rock fact. Also, it's a lie because rock facts are lies. That was when he was coming to terms with the fact that he stole the rock. Exactly. <laughs> Poor kid. Which explains why he would be in purgatory. Yeah. Yeah. Why is Wart why is Wart in purgatory? Because of that tape. Ooh. I don't know. Unfinished business of some sort. No. That just puts uh, you back. Probably guilt um over how he's treated Greg. His half brother. Right. Step brother? Half brother. Half brother. Half brother. Yeah. Um I love the relationship between the two. Like, it was 
realistic. Mm-hmm. Like you're you're an older teenager and your mom remarries and has a you know a kid with another guy, and this kid is you know an obnoxious little kid. You're yeah. not gonna you know you're not gonna be best friends. You're not gonna want him following you around, embarrassing you, which is exactly what Greg did. Um, multiple yeah, times. Multiple times. So I thought the the dynamic, the relationship between them seemed very realistic. Um, I got a hint that Beatrice kind of was crushing on Wirt a little bit towards the end. Like, I yeah. got the feeling. But then at the same time, I think she just didn't want the brothers to be eaten or whatever. Uh, enslaved. Yeah, enslaved. That's what it was. I got like a Hansel Gretel vibe from Adelaide. You kind of do. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't like how they dispatched Adelaide so quick. It's just like, all right. Here's Adelaide. First time we talked about it for several episodes, and boom, she's gone. Yeah. The air outside is too fresh, John. No, it was the night air. Yeah, it's too fresh. I don't think it was too fresh. <laughs> they um, even called that out. Oh, but she wasn't lying. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think it was that bad. Oh, God. What? She's burning alive. It's it's a very weird show. Mm-hmm. Like, just genuinely, like, it makes you uncomfortable watching it. I think the weirdest one for me... Was the school with the with the animals the teacher? She fucking creeped me out. Like I was uncomfortable. I didn't want to watch anymore after that. See, I just thought that one was odd. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I just thought it was a little odd, just how much she was crushing for Jim. Right. Mm-hmm. They turned out to be the guy in the gorilla suit. Yeah, uh, and they're talking about all that gorilla all the time. Like how they just brought this. Like oh, the gorilla in the woods. And then they just don't bring up anything about it beyond saying the gorilla in the woods. Right. But that, that was the episode that was like, I was like, this is uncomfortable. I don't know. That, that was my weird episode. Catch the uh, the call over to Greg's uh, two old cat game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the end, or at the party, they show the two teens talking there saying that you can play plenty of games with uh, ball and bat. And one of them is two old cat. Right. And the only reason I caught that was because I was watching with subtitles. Mm. So that no, that cat's too old. <laughs> <laughs> you guys want to play too old cat? But I mean, if you're a six year old and you hear everyone say that, I mean, what are you going to think the game's called or the how, game how you is when you hear that? Now. Right. Yeah, find two old cats. <laughs> yeah. No, that cat's too old. I'm yeah. sorry. Put He's got a beard and everything. <laughs> and glasses, I think. Yeah, glasses well, and a spectacles. Cane. Yeah. yeah, spectacles. Hmm. Um. Well, what? Uh, what was your your point that was it was because we all agree it was a weird show. Yep. What was, what was your point that you're like oh this is fucking strange. I really didn't have a point. I I enjoyed it all the way through. Like it was odd, but not odd in an uncomfortable way. I I enjoyed the entire thing. I never found a point where I was just like weirded out by the the entire premise or a specific part or anything like that. I I enjoyed watching it today, which I did just watch it today. So I could be of nice course. and refreshed for the podcast. Sure, and you totally watched it before. No, I haven't. That, I was being sarcastic. Oh, okay. Joe? For me, it was the, the very first episode where I got that weirding vibe. I mean, it wasn't a distasteful weird. It was just letting me know that I, it's going to be a weird ride throughout every episode. Just the, the foundation it lays, the, the questioning about the lamp, what the Adelwood is, uh, who even is the beast, you know? Yeah. Um, showing that the... the dog had been transformed in this big thing just simply because it ate a turtle right it, it tells you right off the bat this show is not going to be anything that you expect and it's going to have some darker turns yeah <laughs> i'd say the pumpkins 
Yeah. Ooh, the pumpkins yeah. were kind of kind of trippy and weird. Not really, I guess, overly creepy, but uh, they definitely give you that kind of vibe, and they keep hinting at uh, the boys not being ready yet. Yeah. Right. Which is another thing that why I think it's a it's a it's a purgatory sort of in between, because mm-hmm. um, the boys aren't dead yet, but you know they were digging up other people that were dead. So I did like just being sentenced to manual labor. <laughs> oh, okay, I'm fine with that. A few hours of manual labor. Okay, yeah, sure, let's do it. The voice of that the main pumpkin. Yeah. Was phenomenal for that role, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, now, he was the easily tied with the Beast for, like, creepiest character. But I also don't think the Beast, like, the Beast was really all that creepy. I just thought, like, I love that character. Probably, I was saying earlier, my favorite character was the Beast. What did you think of when you actually saw the body of the Beast? Because you only get to see it for a split second. See, I wanted to pause there, but I, I would I never be able to get the timing down right. I don't think I saw it. Attention audience, we are going to take a small five minute break so that way I can creep them out with the appearance of the beast. If you would like to experience what our hosts are experiencing today, please go to a computer and look up over the garden wall, the beast. Enoch. Enoch. Okay. Yes. Uh, I'm recording again. That was fucking, that's a creepy fucking beast. For anyone who didn't go to actually look at the the beast, um, their body looks as if it's made out of wood and it's covered in faces. Um, my theory on it is that the Alwood comes from the body of people who have given up. Right. Being burned in the lamp. Um, I think the souls are kind of transferred over to his body and they're just being solely absorbed into his form. Right. That's why I think when, um, he's killed, when the, the lantern goes out, um, the, the woodsman, what is his name? Mm-hmm. The woodsman. The woodsman gets his daughter back. Yep. Um, and I don't know if the beast was necessarily tied to the curse, um, of um, oh the the bluebird the yeah the blue jay curse. No, I don't think it was. Yeah, no, I think she she resolved her thing with the scissors. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, everybody was kind of happy at the end. And uh, the whole woodsman curse mm-hmm. is more of uh, uh, to me, it's like working yourself to death because that's what the woodsman's doing is he's working himself to death, chopping down these trees in order to get the oil to put in the lantern. Right. And it was just over and over and over again every day until the the one day that you just can't do it anymore. It was sad. That could be also uh, another tie-in to the purgatory thing because it does require lost souls in order to keep that lantern burning. Right. So the beast could be just kind of a, a representation of an entropic effect where it just kind of burns itself out after a while. It consumes continuously. Mm. Yeah. Can't stop entropy. Can't stop, won't stop. Correct. Until you get enough. It's copyrighted. Oh, <laughs> Sorry. Uh, real quick, what was your favorite episode out of this? Um, probably the the finale. I, I very much enjoy TV shows that have a solid end um, that don't get canceled before the proper ending would have been. It's a very satisfying ending. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a very satisfying. The two-parter ending, um, that was probably my favorite, where it explains how they got there, and then, you know, they, they you know, wind up winning. Kind of. 
Chris? Um, yeah, I'll, I'll agree with Austin, the, the last episode, seeing all the pieces fall into place and how things actually connect together. I liked the sixth episode, the one that dealt with the frog fairy. <laughs> just because that, that f- the whole bit on the ferry was just fantastically well done, had great music. And, Beat my face. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, at the very end, we get the resolution of Adelaide. Sure, could have been better, but right. it still happened. My favorite was the fifth episode, Mad Love. The, the idea of two mansions being so oh. sprawling that they just kind of grow into each other. Yeah. Um, it was fascinating. I'd love to use that as a D&D setting. Mm-hmm. And John Cleese. And John Cleese. You, you can't forget about John Cleese. Um, I want to go back and look and see if you can see any other names on the grave markers. That might correspond. Right, because hers might be on there and maybe they were like buried next to each other. Because his is definitely there. We saw that mm. one. Um, maybe those two were like meant to meet each other in real life. And they didn't, so they met in purgatory. And then, yeah. See, now, the, the show has so many Easter eggs and connecting paths. I'd, I'd feel like that the meme of the guy with all the, the twine and everything yeah. trying Charlie to connect Day. it all. The Charlie Day meme. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we could definitely sit here and just talk about the Easter eggs for like another hour. Which but. I feel like coming from Adventure Time where there's a lot of Easter eggs in Adventure Time and being a writer for five seasons of that, he knows how to plant that stuff in early that will pay off later. Yeah. And what is funny is... Uh, one of the paintings in um, Endicott's mansion pops up in Adventure Time as mm. well. I could see it. Hmm. Hmm. Um, but yeah, that's what that's our favorite episodes, I guess. Yeah. I I think I was the only one that watched the behind the scenes featurette stuff. I tried. I okay. didn't make it through. <laughs> I didn't have access. Um, they had a alternate title card, which was um, it 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 was cool, but it didn't really fit with the theme. Mm. Um, they had an alternate episode animatic. Um, actually, no, I think it was animated. They had a couple of animatics. Anything, um, and then they had been the initial pilot because the right. initial pilot was yeah. in 2013 before the miniseries, which was I think that's that's what it was. Separate. It, it was uh, Weird. a different guy named some something Cobb. He was a pumpkin headed guy. Wharton Gregory uh, borrowed a car made of vegetables from a romantic songwriter named John Crops. John Crops, yeah. Oh, I think I've seen that, honestly. Yeah, and then they go to this town, and uh, they knock over the scarecrow, and mm-hmm. the, the crows come and attack the village full of people that are made of vegetables. Yep, that's that's the pilot, the original pilot. Yeah. Um, it, was, it was silly, and it was weird, and uh, back then it was called um, a different thing. They Tome were, of the Unknown. Yeah, they were searching for the Tome of the Unknown. Um, so, yeah, it was fine. Uh, definitely didn't really fit because they already had the the pumpkin people and all that stuff so um i watched that and then i watched an interview with the creator what's his name patrick mihale odd guy like Mm -hmm. definitely um not very um i through the whole interview process i was like this guy i don't think he socializes that's kind of the feeling i got from him amazing creator i'm not gonna fault him for anything but like definitely the way he was answering answering the interview questions was, um, I felt it was it was odd, but I mean he makes good stuff. So, um, I guess any final thoughts? Uh, it's a it's a definite go see it if you have the time. Um, 
again, you might get lost a little bit in it, but I think that kind of ties in well to the overall theme of it because it's it's all about kind being of being lost. lost. Yeah. Um, give it at least one shot to go through. and doesn't take that much time. No, it, it's worth the the little bit of time it will take. Yeah, I think each episode is about 11, 11 or 12 minutes. minutes yeah. yeah. Um, and there's 10 episodes, so about an hour and a half, two hours. Hour and 20. Yeah. Um, yeah, go watch it. Um, Cartoon Network. You can find it on uh, HBO Max right now, yep. Cartoon Network's app, and I think Amazon. Amazon? Yep. yep, and I think yep. the first episode you can just watch for free on YouTube. I was able to find it. Um, not sure if it's official, but yes, definitely use official means to watch it. Please support the official release. Yes. Unlike I did. Monster. I am a monster. You shouldn't mention that. We mean Austin watched it through uh, a DVD collection that he found. Yes, I borrowed... <laughs> it I borrowed. a home re- release, so... It doesn't? It does. Oh, it does. Okay, yeah. good. <clears throat> I borrowed... Uh, HBO. <laughs> Um, but yeah, go watch it if you haven't. If you have, watch it again. Because I'm going to go watch it again. Let us know in the comments down below how you feel. Yeah. Get in the comments. <laughs> no, can't use that. Oh. Please it's somebody email. else's thing. Tag yourselves. <laughs> Please email us at unqualifiedauthorities.gmail.com. Dot gmail? Dot gmail. At, at gmail. gmail. <laughs> unqualifiedauthorities at gmail.com. Or find us on Facebook at Unqualified Authorities Podcast. And we might be on Twitter. Who the heck knows? Probably. I'll make one at some point. Yeah. Are we unqualified or unauthorized? Whatever. <laughs> what are we? <laughs> Who am I? What? We're unqualified. It's so lost. Unqualified authorities. Unqualified authorities. Guys, we went through a bunch of name changes. Don't get on us. <laughs> yes. So it's Unqualified Authorities Podcast. Unqualified Authorities at gmail.com and other places. I think it's just Unqualified Authorities at gmail.com. That's what I said. I thought you said podcast. No. Eh, whatever. I know the Facebook has podcasts. Find, find us on Twitch. We, we live stream on Twitch. No, we don't. I do. Yeah, you do. Uh, That's not our podcast. Right. I'm going mean, to start, start doing it. I'm, I'm going to set a webcam over there. <laughs> no, I'm good. And then everyone can get the outtakes and everything as we go through this. No, it's, it's okay, Austin. I get Twitches too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's called Parkinson's. Yes. Oh. I have that while playing My games. God, I think it's time to end. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody have a, have a great day or night. Or don't. I'm not your real dad. Uh, anyways, this is Austin signing off. Chris out. I'm John. And I'm Joseph. Have a fantastic week. All right, bye, everybody. Bye. Bye-bye. Chris, shut the fuck up. Music for tonight's episode, performed and composed by our friend, Crazy Zombie Pig Boy. Find him at twitch.tv. guys really love the bassoon for some reason they're trying to arrest the president because he's naked (laughs) george washington put on some clothes (laughs) beat my face beat my face like a drum (laughs) he's adorable yeah Uh, that was a really good little